0: What is up, everybody? This is Alex, and you are listening to the American Toffee Podcast, serving up the latest Everton news and stateside views. I hope everyone's had a fantastic weekend so far um, due to the international break. You know, it's been kind of quiet, but at the same time, if you follow American football, American football just got underway uh, last weekend, so we have not been um, totally radio silent over here. Um, I wanted to do something a little different this week, so... Wherever you're listening, um, I I started the podcast from Reddit. I mention this, I think, every week, but I started the podcast due to my friends over on the Everton subreddit. So um, what I did this week was I had anyone who wanted to comment a question or an opinion um, on Everton, anything Everton related, and, um, you know, I offered to give a response, my thoughts, um, you know, whatever they wanted. So... It's kind of like a Reddit AMA almost. Um, I'm really excited for it. I really appreciate um, the response um, because I've kind of elicited or, you know, solicited, sorry, um, kind of response or like feedback. And I know it's kind of hard, you know, I record an episode and then, you know, it's kind of hard to be like, oh, you know, I, you know, go back to that post and be like, ah, oh, blah, 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 you know, I didn't agree with this or like I thought, you know, that was a good point. Um, but as I always say, I really do this. You know, to interact with everyone on Reddit because, um, for the most part, in real life, in quotes, I don't have very many Everton fans. I've been finding a couple more recently, but um, so, you know, it's mostly for, for my, my peeps on Reddit. So, if you're not on the subreddit, if you, if, you know you found the um, podcast through iTunes or Google Play or Spotify, um, make yourself a Reddit account and type in Everton at the top in the search bar. And subscribe to the Everton subreddit because essentially um, it's a community where everyone can just post links or bits of information or tweets in the same place under the Everton subreddit, and then you can go in and see um, you know a compiled um, list of everything you might have missed. And so it's nice because you catch a lot of a lot of information quickly that way. You don't have to go search through other avenues. But furthermore, you know you can talk with a bunch of Everton fans about it. And I know if you're American like I am, there are not very many around, um, or so it seems, especially if you're not in, you know, D.C. Or, or wherever else where they might have an official supporters club. So, you know, join the subreddit and come hang out with us. It's a lot of fun. So, to get things started, our first question is from Randy. You see, Randy tried to pull a fast one on me earlier, but uh, regardless, his question is, if Lucas Dinier continues to perform well, how do you see Baines's role in the team shaping up over the coming season and then furthermore over next season? So here's what I'll say. I kind of have a, um, a different point of view on it, but I'll kind of equate it to this. Jagielka is the captain, right? Undisputed. Now, obviously, if he's not starting or if he's not in the team – you know, it goes Baines and then it goes Coleman, as uh, Marco Silva suggested. Well, although Jagielka is captain, he's surely not first choice center back, right? So I'm going to kind of equate Baines's role, you know, to that of Jagielka's captaincy. So I think this season, no matter what, Leighton Baines is going to be the, in quotes, official um, first choice left back. But that doesn't mean he's going to get more time than Lucas Digne will because I think the last two games, because he played the cup match and then he played the last um, Lucas, I'm talking about Digne. he played the cup match and then I think he started the next match. Um, He looked really, really good. And, you know, we all know, we all kind of knew what to expect from him, had very high hopes. But I think this season, officially, even if it's just in air quotes, Leighton Baines is going to be the number one left back. Um, he may not get as much time. I'd actually be surprised if he did because we all know, you know, recently every season, you know, he'll be out two, three months with some type of injury. Um, and that that's just how it goes. So we'll see. Now next season, I think next season it'll be, you know, it'll be pretty set in stone. Le- Lucas Digne, uh, barring any like crazy injury or, or you know, something, you know, insane happens with his form and he just can't do it in the Premier League, which I highly doubt um, Lucas will be the first choice, and Baines will be second. Um, and I think next season, L- uh, Leighton Baines is going to be, I want to say, thirty-four. So, you know, everyone knows Baines is a really laid-back guy. Um, I don't think he's going to have any issues with it. But I think for now, that's how it'll play out. I know that that's kind of, um, I know that's kind of, uh, uh, kind of outlandish, or um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Anyway, either way, yeah, I think I think Baines is going to be the official number one, whether or not he gets as much as many minutes as Lucas Digne. So next up, Charlie. Charlie said, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the chatter of Calvert-Lewin starting over Jank Tosin. I personally think Jank Tosin has played pretty damn well and doesn't deserve to lose his spot, but I'm open to hearing your opinion. So here's what I think. Jank Tosin hasn't scored a goal yet this season. Um, and I know a lot of people, as Charlie said, uh, have been kind of going on and on on Reddit about how he's been, he's been poor. Um, you know, he's not contributing. So let's just go over the stats real quick. Uh, Cenk has contributed with two assists, but it's important to note his role in a Marco Silva team, right? So as we know, Jenk Tosin, he's not that quick. But he's pretty strong, especially for his size. He's got fantastic finishing, and he's pretty impressive as a target forward, as a center forward, right? And in a Marco Silva team in the four-three-three formation that we've been playing, that we will continue to play, um, the center forward uh, is kind of been is is used to play off of for the wingers. Hence, why Richarlison and Walcott have been pretty prolific so far this season. They've been getting so many chances because of how the team is set up, right? He's the focal point. And, you know, you can kind of see that with two assists, at least. Um, So do I think Calvert-Lewin's a better striker than Jenk Tosin? I know you didn't ask that, but no, I don't. Um, I think Jenk Tosin's been playing well. I think that he needs to start taking a couple more shots than he has been. Um, and again, this all comes down to maybe Marco Silva's telling him like, receive the ball, post up, pick your head up, and play the, you know, pay the play the forward pass, which you know you see pretty often. Um, but you know, it's at the end of the day, strikers kind of feed off goals, so he needs to start scoring. I've, I'm pretty confident that he will. I don't think he's going to go on some crazy scoring drought. He he came in under Sam Allardyce in January and he performed fantastic. He, I think he scored what five goals. In the league last last season, in just half a season, and that you know, keep in mind he, he had to get up to up to par physically and mentally. So, I think he'll do well. Now, we saw um, we saw Calvert Lewin start over Richarlison on the left hand side because Richarlison had a yellow, which I mean, excuse me, a red, which um, led to a three match ban. Calvert Lewin um, is deceivingly quick, like really fast for his size. Um I've also noticed, I'm not sure if anyone else has. I mean he's been ripped, but like he's really bulked up this season. I'm really excited to see um see what he can do this season. I mean he scored a good amount of goals. I think he scored eight or nine last season. Um he's already got, you know, two in the last or maybe he has three in the last two games. I think he might have three in the last two games. Um either way, I don't see him starting over Jank Tosen anytime soon. But it could happen. It definitely could happen if his if if Cenk Tosin's form drops. Um, maybe if he goes two, three, four more matches without a goal, I could see it happening. Because um, Calvert Lewin did not come to play, no pun intended, uh, this season, and I think we're we're poised to see him really start maturing. Um, I think. I think for all the negatives last season, a positive was definitely getting a lot of the younger guys more time. You know, you saw Mason Holgate really step up, and that's been beneficial already. He's been killing it since he came in this season. Um, Calvert-Lewin already looks much more polished than he did last season. Uh, he looks stronger. You can tell he beefed up. Um, so, you know, he I think he learned a lot as well. So that's what I think. I think it could happen, but not anytime soon. And kind of speaking of form, Jeremy asked, what's your opinion on Seamus Coleman's rather poor form these first few games? Uh, Jeremy then went on to say, I think he'll bounce back and find his place in Silva's system. What do you think? So, I agree. I think it's been really odd that Seamus Coleman just has not had one good match yet. Um, You know, he, he, he was okay the first match. I think the second match, I think it was the second match, he was captain. And... I was really excited. You know, everyone was calling for Seamus Coleman to be captain. You know, he's, he's the captain of Ireland. Um, he very much conducts himself as a captain. Um, you know, he deserves it for sure at Everton. But I noticed that match, he just did really bad. I mean, I think that was the worst game I've ever seen from Seamus Coleman. And then the match after that. Baines was captain. Now, I thought that was interesting. Um, I knew I'm going off on a bit of a tangent, but I thought that was interesting. Like, why did he lose, you know, the captain's armband already? Um, generally speaking, in times past, Baines was uh, the second captain. And then Marcus Silva came out and said, it does indeed go Jagielka, Baines, and Coleman. But it was an important milestone for Coleman. I forget how many games it was for him. Um, so he wanted him to wear the armband. And I thought that was really cool. He actually did kind of the same thing for Tom Davies. Uh, what was it, in the cup match? He gave him the armband, and and I think that's really nice. It shows kind of how good of a man-manager he is, but going back to it, um, I think Coleman, Coleman fits uh, Silva's system perfectly, right? Like, his system relies on attacking fullbacks. You kind of see the number six or Schneiderlin um, dropping back into almost like a back three when we're in possession, and the fullbacks push up literally past the halfway mark, or at least one of them do. So... Um, as far as the style and Silva system, he fits perfectly. I just don't know what's up with his form. You know, um, he came back last season after his double leg break. And once he got back in shape, he was flying again. He looked great this season. His crosses are extremely erratic. Um, I will say that I've kind of noticed looking at like those, those, uh, heat maps that, uh, some people put together for matches, to show, like, each player's, you know, the formation and each player, like, where they kind of frequented. I've noticed that the left-hand side has sat up further than the right-hand side has, um, you know, because it's going to be really hard. I think Silva kind of focuses on um, at least kind of keeping one fullback pretty honest in terms of positioning, and most of the time that's been Seamus Coleman. Um, so... You know, and and there's no you know there's no question about it because Richarlison's really been producing the goods. So I think I'm hoping in the next couple weeks, especially now that he's got a week off for the international break. I'm assuming I didn't know. I don't know. Maybe he's with Ireland. Actually, that's a good question. Um, either way, he's got a break from Everton. Regardless, hopefully he comes back. His mind's pretty clear. Um, and you know, he's ready to go, but I'm not sure. Uh, you know, John Joe Kenny has always played pretty well when he's coming for Seamus Coleman, specifically last season, obviously, when Coleman was out for so long. So we'll see what happens. Um, so next up, Boz asked, everyone is fit. What's your formation? And and starting eleven plus a bench. So my formation is gonna be the four three three, which Silva's been playing. I think it suits our our, our personnel really well. Um, so you know, as I've said previously this formation um, kind of what happens is when we're pressing, it almost looks like a 4-2-4 because Sigurdsson will come from attacking midfield and press the back line with Cenk Tosin. Um, honestly, sometimes in possession it looks that way. Um, and, and then, you know, as far as the back line's concerned, the two center backs spread pretty far. Schneiderlin will drop pretty deep to kind of form a back three, and then your two fullbacks push up. Usually one is higher than the other, um, if I'm not mistaken. One of them usually sits past the halfway line, the other might sit slightly behind it. And it makes sense, right? Because with diagonal runs on a counterattack, um and, and usually your your full backs are, are faster than your center backs, then it'll help at least a little bit with you know, with um, any type of diagonal run in behind and stuff like that. So that's the formation. I think it works really well. The only question mark is kind of that that midfield two of the number six, the DM, and then kind of the box-to-box, right? We've seen Ghana play the box-to-box, um, but here's the thing, though. Ghana's definitely defensive-minded. He's more of a DM, um, but he has the stamina and the willpower to play box-to-box. The only issue is his passing range doesn't agree. <laughs> so that's the hard part because then you say, okay, well, you know, you want you want a box-to-box midfielder in there. Well, are you just gonna tell me that you're gonna drop Ghana, who's been, you know, pretty much the most consistent player at Everton for the last couple of years? Um, arguably one of the best, period? Uh are you gonna tell me that, oh, let's, you know, let's drop Schneiderlin, push Ghana back to the DM, the holding defensive midfield spot, and then play a box to box, because we can't. Because Ghana is not, you know, is not conditioned mentally to play that role, right? Like his whole game is get out, recover the ball, and ping it to someone else essentially that's that's his that's his game just tire them out cut passing lanes recover the ball um so i think it's 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 a pretty big predicament in the middle of the pitch but either way now the starting 11 in the pinch is pretty difficult for me to say and that's because you know obviously we haven't seen uh most of the newcomers yet we don't know you know what their best position is specifically, like Bernard, for example, um, he can play attacking midfield across the front three. But you know, it looks like from a statistical standpoint, Bernard, his best play comes from the left hand side. So anyway, my starting eleven, uh, which is really hard to pin down currently, would be Pickford in goal, and, and again a four three three, Seamus Coleman right back, Holgate and Yerry Mina at center back and Lucas Digne at left-back. My midfield trio would be Schneiderlin, Ghana, and Sigurdsson. And then my front three would be Richarlison, Jenk uh, Tosin, and Theo Walcott. Now, again, it's kind of a big question mark on um, center backs. Like, I almost put Keane in ahead of, Col- of, uh, ahead of Holgate, but I think that Holgate's pace really helps out. I don't think Mina's very quick at all. And Holgate's been really good this season, so... I'm going to keep him at center back. And then, you know, as I said, in the midfield, it's kind of odd playing Schneiderlin and Ghana together, but it's worked for us in the past, Past, um, and I think that, you know, it's a pretty safe bet. As far as my bench is concerned, this is ridiculously hard to choose. Um, you know, I essentially chose Stecklenburg as the backup goalkeeper. I went with Calvert-Lewin, um, and Lookman as the two kind of forwards on the bench. I chose Michael Keane and Leighton Baines as our defenders on the bench, and then I chose Gomez and Bernard as our central midfielders. Again, Bernard, you know, may not be classified as central midfielder to um, Marco Silva. I don't know, but that's kind of what I went with. Um, initially, I had I had Tom Davies in there. Um, I actually sport a Tom Davies kit. Uh so it's very hard for me to leave him off. But um, you know, when you look at Gomez and Bernard, it's kinda hard to say that Tom Davies deserves a spot over them. Um again, assuming Gomez plays as well as as, as he's touted to, because again, you know, we haven't seen him. So that's my starting eleven and bench with my formation, the four three three. I really like Marco Silva's system. The only thing, you know, my gripe is obviously um these zonal marking on set pieces we're scoring set piece goals which which is exciting but then we just you know it doesn't matter what team it is it doesn't matter if we have size on them or not it just it feels like every time we concede a corner it's gonna it's gonna be a goal and it's really annoying now i'm gonna flip it and i'm gonna say a positive is that we really haven't been conceding any goals from open play which is really important you have to think that that's really impressive now results at the end of the day matter but I'd like to point that out because that's really important. That shows that there have been improvements made, and if we can get the set pieces sorted out, I think we're going to have a really, really strong defense. So, next question—it's a two-parter, Alalaykin. I or la Khan. I hope I pronounced your name right. Um, first question, going along with the F- Coleman form question: Do you think? Kenny should be given a run if Coleman's poor form continues. Um, I'd say yes, but I don't know, you know. I would say yes, but maybe give him two, three more matches um, to see, you know, what happens. Because obviously everyone loves Seamus Coleman. I hate saying that, you know, maybe he should be dropped. But I will say this. If you want to challenge the top six, if you want to consistently be in that you know, that portion of the table, you're going to have to kind of be relentless. Like you can't, you can't just play favorites. Um, I don't care, you know, what team you are, whether you're Real Madrid or you're, you know, Southampton or West Brom, if you play favorites, it never goes well, ever. Um, So I think that, yes, um, Kenny should be given some matches if in the next couple, Seamus can't, you know, get his stuff together. And then second question, even though the transfer period is over, do you think there are any players in the squad that should have left or gone on loan? Yes. Um, so I think that Umar Nias probably should have left like permanently. Obviously, I like him, but at this point, there's not much separating him from Calvert-Lewin. Um, and so I'd rather kind of continue to foster Calvert-Lewin's development. Um you know, and and Marcos Silva said specifically as far as squad size is concerned, he wants two players in each position. I think Umar Nias is the is the odd man out, but that's okay. I also think, and this this hurts to say, but I also think that Tom Davies probably should have gone on loan. You know, somewhere that he could have gotten a, con, you know, somewhere close to like thirty matches. You know, one of the lower lower table clubs that needed a central midfielder because, a. It would be important for him to see, um, or t- to learn in a different system, just for de- developmental purposes, but also, um, you know, to to walk in and feel that he's not one of the young guys that just started, you know, got- just got his license. Like to feel that he needs to walk in, take responsibility, and help this team out. So, I think Tom Davies probably should have gone out. Also, let's see. Um, Honestly, I think off the top of my head, those are the only two. Um, you did mention Kieran Dallas specifically. You don't think that he'd be given a lot of time? I actually disagree. I think I think Kieran Dallas is the number two at attacking midfield behind um, Sigurdsson, and I think that Marco Silva sees that as well. Um, I think Bernard, you know, I think he's going to be played more so on the left or right. I really do think he's seen as a winger. Um, do you know, he can obviously play in the central midfield role, but I think primarily that's what he's going to be. He's going to be played as we'll see, though. I'm not right on everything. And then last question from JP, where do you think we're still lacking quality and or depth? Who would you realistically like to see us go in, go for in those areas? So as far as where do I think we're still lock, lacking quality or depth? Um, I will say this. It's hard for me to answer this question because we still haven't seen a lot of the signings, you know, play. And if we have, um, you know, we haven't seen them play more than a couple matches. So, and specifically against better opposition. So, it's kind of hard to decide. Um, The only thing I'll say is that... Um, you know, on the wings, I'm going to classify Richarlison and Walcott as our starting two wingers, right? We have Lookman and then Bernard. Now, I might get burned at the stake for this, but I don't know that Lookman is a good enough backup um, on either side. And I say that because regardless of what he did in Germany in an attacking Leipzig team, he still never showed a whole lot of anything in the Premier League. And that's on like that's just the honest truth, right? Furthermore, he gets on and he just looks like he's upset all the time, like he just mopes around on the pitch and it's really annoying. So, with that being said, I don't know that he's really going to be good enough depth. Um but I do want to be positive. I want I want him to succeed. I want him to be at Everton. Not that he has a choice. Um, we'll see. Now, the only other place I could really highlight, maybe, would be striker. And that's not for lack of depth. Um, I'm just saying it could possibly be for lack of starting quality. Do I think Jank Tosin is, is a good striker? I do. Um but only time will tell, right? He's only been here half a season. He did well then. Um, we're still waiting to really see how he can pr- perform under Marcos Silva. But here's the question, though. The question is, if you're pushing for the top six, does Jenk Tosin, you know, get you there, right? Does he, Can he get you there? I don't know. I'm not saying yes, and I'm not saying no. Would I have been really happy last season with Olivier Giroud... Yes, times a 1,000, yes. Olivier Giroud can get you in the top six and keep you there. But here's the other thing, though. As we're in a transitional period, right, you don't want to um, kind of use up all your luck and try to sign a top six, top five, top four striker um, until you're almost there. A, it's going to be very hard. And B, even if you can, they'll be out the door in a season or two you know, and then we'll be back to zero. I think Cenk Tosin realistically is one of the best strikers we're going to be able to get at this stage, um, and I think that's okay. So as far as who would you realistically like to see us go in for those areas, um, I'm going to be honest, I don't have an answer for that. And I say that because, you know, it's still so early into the season, it's hard to, you know get that far up on the learning curve as far as who went where, you know, what are every, what's everyone's situations, you know. You kind of learn that throughout the summer, but, you know, we, we're only a couple games in. I haven't even seen who's at what, you know, what Premier League team, let alone across the world. Um, furthermore, you know, we'll have breakout stars this season um, that might, you know, raise a couple eyebrows. So I'm going to refrain from answering that question. So hopefully... Um, you know, I made sense and y'all, y'all followed my opinions. Um, I really appreciate all six of you um, commenting and giving me some stuff to work with. I really appreciate it. I wanted to record. I missed last week because I was out of out of state, actually. So hopefully this gives us um, or gives you some some food for thought. When I post this, please comment. Let me know what you think. What you think? If you agree, disagree. Um, I, I would really like to do this more often, actually. I really liked how this turned out. I hope you all do as well. As always, again, as I already mentioned, please join the Everton subreddit. Um, I don't know where you're all listening, but I have the podcast on all major platforms, you know, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, I have an RSS feed, um, I have it on Stitcher. So, you know, choose your platform, Um You know, whatever works best for you. Please follow me on Twitter. I'm trying to ramp up, um, you know, my use of my Twitter account at AlexJ757. And I'm, I'm doing that because so far the only way I've shared the podcast is through the Everton subreddit. And I really want to share it, you know with, with more people. So give me a follow at alexj seven, five, seven on Twitter. I'd really appreciate it. Tweet me about, you know, during matches, whatever you'd like. I really want to interact with you guys. I really appreciate you tuning in and until next week, have a fantastic week.